What's up, everyone? We're here for post-game Locked On Bucks. We are seconds after the buzzer as Milwaukee go down to the Sixers, 123-120, and it was not a pretty final three minutes for the Bucks. They had multiple chances to either take the lead, put this game away, however you want to describe it, and uh, basically anything that could have gone wrong did go wrong in the final few minutes. We had a great matchup between Giannis and Embiid from individual standpoints. There is plenty to talk to, so let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Goal for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN. Joining me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. Uh, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every weekday. Uh, also on the weekend, for you slackers that uh, get to the weekend and want to catch up on all the episodes you missed out, we still appreciate you guys too. As I mentioned, this was a tough one, Frank. A tough final quarter. The Bucks lose 123 to 120. It's just another game that will sit back and say, geez, the Bucs really probably should have won or could have won, easily could have won this game, which you look big picture, obviously that matters. But the execution down the stretch in this one was really poor. And it was disappointing because you did have another big night from Giannis, 32 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists. He had a couple of big buckets in the fourth quarter, a couple of threes, and it looked like it was going to be one of those nights where Giannis has a big fourth quarter and the Bucs win the game. They just needed a couple of other guys to make some shots down the stretch. Namely, Chris Middleton really struggled. But the last few minutes in this one was tough to watch if you're a Bucks fan. Yeah, Giannis, it's a pull-up three with, I think, 356 left to go up 116-112. And, you know, that like, gave him 30 points. Into the fourth quarter, 7 of 16 with eight, uh, 16 points. Um, and scores another 16 in the fourth quarter. So the, the NBA's leading fourth quarter score was added again. Um, I think he was six of seven in that final quarter. Um, but, you know, you just look at the, as you said, the execution down the stretch. Um, Niang came back and hit a three right away. He did that a lot tonight. Jordan Niang, 18 points um, to the starting lineup tonight and was tasked with defending Giannis for much of it. And I thought for much of the night, Niang and the, and the Sixer defense kind of did a nice job showing enough bodies and congestion and Giannis really didn't do that much damage sort of going at the basket he actually kind of did a fair amount of work with his jump shot and kind of on a little flip shots and hook shots and stuff but um but yeah as you said I mean just missed shots Chris Middleton was you know you want to pin this loss on one person which you know again I don't know that's a very productive way to sort of (laughs) recap basketball but um certainly Chris Middleton missing jump shots is is going to be etched into a lot of folks minds um and only fitting you know the Bucks somehow ended up with the ball with second left and a chance to tie it. And uh, of course, Chris, you know, is forced taking this extremely difficult shot that, that air balls, but you know, he had, I think what, two, three opportunities in the final minute to potentially tie the game on a three point look, none of them easy, um, but just missed all of them. And um, you know, six out of 20 for him, 19 points. Interestingly, Tobias Harris scored 19 points on 20 shots as well. He was nine out of 20, only took a free throw. Um, <laughs> excuse me so 
not a whole lot of difference actually between Harris and Middleton in terms of sort of net production and efficiency. But um, but yeah, just he could not deliver in the clutch. He's done it many, many times before, um, but not tonight. And Drew Holiday, who had a very nice night, 24 points on 15 shots and gave them, you know, really nice, sir, you know, a nice shot in the arm, I thought, um, when they fell behind um, at, at various points, sort of, you know, especially in that third quarter, early fourth quarter. Um, air balls, a short jump shot, and had a great look at the three-pointer in that four-minute kind of cold spell as well that that he flat out missed. So, um, you know, notably Giannis didn't take a shot in those last few minutes up until, you know, kind of just the garbage, that padding layup there um, in the last few seconds, which almost uh, allowed yeah, right. folks to, to get the ball back. You know, normally you would just say, well, you should take a three, you know, down five uh, with no timeouts left, but Giannis gets the layup. And then um, off that scramble, they get the ball back uh, on an out-of-bounds play. And again, nearly did did have a chance to tie it. But yeah, just poor execution. Giannis, the one time he all, he had the ball and was trying to make a play, he went middle and just threw the ball away, trying to kick it out. And then probably the, the most emblematic of just the terrible basketball they played down the, down the stretch was Chris in a semi-transition thinks Jordan War is in the corner and Jordan War is on the wing and he throws it, you know, five feet away from anybody for just a, a really bad turnover. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, Bucks should be kicking themselves after this, but I mean, again, an MVP performance from Joel Embiid, I think that's going to be the, the big takeaway from this. You know, I think back to the game later in the season, um, a few years ago when, when Giannis hung that 45 point game uh, on the Sixers and that big win the Bucks had late in the season, this is not nearly as late in the season. So I don't think, you know, this is not going to, that was, that felt like a kind of coronation of Giannis's first MVP season. This is much earlier than that. So I don't think this is, you know, Embiid clinching an MVP, but um, certainly, you know, again, like if you're going to try to win an MVP, um, you, you know, if you're going to finish behind the Sixers right now, you drop to fifth because you couldn't take care of business at home. And obviously Embiid's final stat line, you know, is, is, is super impressive. 42 on 21 shots. Um, and certainly he came away, won the battle against Giannis and, and obviously won the war in terms of uh, the final score of the outcome too. So, you know, again, Embiid's awesome season continues and a rare, a rare chance for him actually getting the better of Giannis, which, you know, as, as you guys pointed out, you and Camille pointed out last night really hasn't happened. Right. I think eight and two, um, can we come into the game bucks against the Sixers in the bud era. And, uh, you know, this, it's a costly loss just in terms of, again, kind of fighting for that playoff seating and also, you know, fighting for the MVP narrative. Yeah, Tim Bontemps at ESPN had his straw poll come out today. And I think Embiid was just ahead of Jokic and then Giannis was the clear third. I think everyone assumes that that's the three guys at the top right now as it currently stands anyway. But if you do look at the line, I don't know how you felt about it, Frank, but I was sort of looking at the way the Bucks were defending Embiid through the night. And again, you look at the line and he got the 14 free throws, but some of those came on those sort of rip throughs, you know, whatever. He, he's pretty crafty when he has the ball sort of facing up and he can draw fouls. Then obviously he got some free throws late in the game when they were in the penalty as well. So it did feel like one of those games where it's like, okay, well, look, at the end of the day, if Embiid is going to be shooting step-back threes and he's going to be shooting fadeaway jump shots, the guy's just awesome right now. I mean, he's doing this to everyone. So I don't, I don't know. How did you feel about the way the Bucs actually defended him? We saw certainly early in the game they were pretty committed to sending double teams, sometimes triple teams, to try and just get the ball out of his hands. Then you did have a guy like Niang that was knocking down threes. Tyrese Maxey got loose at the end of the second quarter. Uh, another thing that I thought was actually interesting, 
with the way he was defended. I thought Serge Barker, there was a couple of times where Embiid got past him. And it's like, okay, fine. Well, he's probably going to do that to whoever's guarding him. But Ibaka seemed very, very, very conscious of the fact of keeping his hands clear, but trying to contest the shot. He just looked like a guy that's obviously gone against Embiid quite a few times in the past. And even in the pregame, I don't know if this is what he was talking to Giannis about, but on the broadcast, he was talking to Giannis a lot right before Giannis went to the opening tip. And I was wondering whether it was some Embiid-related stuff, but what did you see defensively all up with the Bucs uh, guarding Embiid? Because I, I don't think it was terrible. I honestly don't. Yeah, I mean, big difference first quarter versus third quarter. They come out starting Matisse Thibel and, you know, your um, your favorite Australian love uh, national it's, team player. It's not a joke, um, by the way, to the people out there. I love Matisse Thibel. It's a fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, they, they clearly, I mean, he's really been struggling from three lately. Obviously not a, a great three-point shooter, you know, over his career. Um, and they clearly decided, like, hey, you know, if we're going to leave somebody open, it's going to be Matisse Thibel. And um, we saw them not not fearful at all about leaving him wide open. He only took one shot, missed a three, um, and looked kind of hesitant, even taking missing that open three. Um, and so, really, like the Bucks kind of had a free free opportunity to double him. I thought Embiid was super patient for the most part. You know, I thought he was you know not really forcing anything. Um, ultimately, though, did have six turnovers. So I think you know sending those extra guys, you know, he had five assists, but he had six turnovers. So I think you can feel like okay, you know, you you at least put him in some uncomfortable spots. Um, as you said, he's really crafty. He's going to draw fouls. You know, I thought the, the Drew Holiday foul with like, what was it? 37 seconds left or something where he just six seconds left and bead was like 30 feet from the basket and he kind of like blitzed him and fouled him. I thought that was like a really bad foul. That yeah. Can I just kind of jump in that specific situation? There was about three seconds differential with the shot clock. And I, I know that it's like really tough because if they get a shot up, maybe there's a scramble. Maybe you never get the ball back. What, what do you do there? The Bucks did have a timeout. I mean, I, th- I thought it was a bad foul to, to give at that point, as you sort of just alluded to, but are you trying to foul there? Are you, well, you seeing? Okay, so so the Sixers had the ball with twenty with twenty six seconds left. They got the ball back, and that's where the Bucks tried to trap in the backcourt, yeah. and then they eventually fouled. I was referring to the foul, like with 37, 38 seconds left, okay. where okay. they they obviously did not have to foul. But um, but anyway, yeah, I mean that was, it was that was an awkward spot as well. And I think to be honest, I felt like maybe they, I mean, in hindsight, right, because they didn't get a steal, of course. Um, it felt like they let too much time run off the clock. I think mean, like 13 mm-hmm. seconds ran off or something like that. So um, given the only one timeout left, I, you know, you had limited ability to extend the game at that point. So, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think early on you could, you could double Joel and not really worry about it as much because he had Bible to cheat off of. But I thought Doc Rivers really smartly said, all right, we're going to put Korkmaz in to start the third quarter. And he, I think either him and Nia, I don't know if it was him and Yang each had a three, but um, really quick, two threes to start the fourth, the third quarter. And um, Bucks kind of dug themselves a hole and trailed by as many as 15 going that third quarter. And it just, just felt very lifeless, you know, it just ever since they, they went up, what was it, 12 points late in this in the second quarter. And then, um, you know, just, just could not kind of, just could not get get the the requisite energy to really kind of get back in the game, and then finally, sort of over the course of that third quarter, they kind of started to claw back into it. And then with Embiid on the bench to start the third or start the fourth, you know, they finally were able to turn the screws a little bit. All right, let's talk about some of the other aspects of this game, including Jordan War, who got some buckets and did some other things as well. But we'll talk about Bet Online first. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam. Uh, for both pro and college hoops. You can check out all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where to fire, uh, to where the next five coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot 
for the scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. I think they're done. I think the Winter Olympics are done. I don't know. Are you a Winter Olympics man, Frank? I am. Well, I just like to watch Americans win stuff. So I just pretty much wait until I know something good's going to happen, and then I'll watch. That. I'm, a, I'm a total front runner when it comes to the Olympics. USA, USA. Do you do that in the, in your living room, Frank? I yeah, assume every, yeah. I'm assuming every if, American if needed, does that. If needed. All right, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. After you're done with the Locked On Bucks podcast, don't forget to check out the Locked On Now podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm, I'm trying to do this. Frank just sent me a chat saying he needs to go to the bathroom. Frank, how I do. Long I have you, to go. How long have you been doing podcasts for? Honestly, I I don't know. I've never had to like do that. I, I we started right after the game. I'm like, you know, just bang, bang, bang. Well, I don't want to edit this. So I tell you what, Frank, you you, you go. I'll talk about Jordan War. You come back. You talk about Jordan War, and we'll do that. All right? Because okay, uh, I'm just letting the people know I don't have time to be editing this this video like that. So <laughs> this is fresh off the presses right here. So Jordan Wara, I found interesting in this game. And I think that there's a chance that I need to to say that perhaps when I was talking about Jordan Wara at the start of the season, maybe I was a little bit wrong in terms of the player that he can be or the role that he can play for this Bucks team. Now, there was a stretch in the third quarter where Jordan Wara was getting his shots up and he, he had a turnover. He stepped on the, the sideline right in front of the Sixers bench after that, he shot a, a really quick trigger off balance, corner three in front of the Sixers bench again. He missed that. And then just after that, it was a very early shot clock, mid-range, fadeaway, heavily contested from around the free throw line. And if you go back and look at it, you'll see Giannis throw his hands up and just look at Jordan Moore and say, what is going on, man? Why are you taking that shot? At the time, War was actually 6 of 10 from the field. He was having a pretty good offensive outing but it just felt this was during the third quarter stretch where the Bucks were really trying to get back into the game. And those shots felt ill-advised. But I remember back to the start of the season, I've been saying that, look, if you listen to Bud talk about Jordan Wara, if you, if you, if you ask questions to those guys, they will say, well, look, we are, we are coaching him up. We want him to be better on the defensive end. We want him to work on the little things that perhaps aren't at an NBA you know, average level for Jordan Wara, certainly on the defensive end of the ball. So... And I said, look, that makes sense to me. If the Bucs want and and they think that Jordan Wara can become a more well-rounded player later in his career, then it's important for him to pick up those good habits and it's important for him to do those things. But maybe he's just a microwave scorer. Maybe he's just a guy that comes off the bench and scores a bunch of points quickly and you understand what you're getting with him. Maybe he's never going to be an above average or even average defender. Maybe he's not going to be able to produce little things that we look at a guy like Dante DiVincenzo, for instance, who provided aspects around the court on both ends of the floor outside of just scoring, which can be streaky. Maybe War is just going to be one of these guys that's your your seventh or eighth man off the bench. I'm not saying he'll get to this level, but if you think about guys like Jordan Clarkson, Terrence Ross, these scorers that come off the bench that don't really do anything else in a positive fashion, but they can find a role or they can find a niche on contending teams where that is their role to come off the bench and score. So maybe the people, when I was saying that, look, I think the Bucs are doing the right thing with Jordan Warrior, they're going to coach this guy up. They're going to see what he can become 
on both ends of the floor. Maybe all the listeners to the show that said, Kane, don't be ridiculous. He's just a scorer. Let him go out there and shoot. Play him short minutes. Maybe those people were right. Maybe those people were the ones that actually had had it right with Jordan Wara. As Frank's back, he sits back. I uh, uh, hope it all went well in there, Frank. But Jordan Wara finished the night with 18 points, and he was 6 for 12. So it's a perfectly efficient scoring night for him. It was just that some of the shots, particularly during that third quarter stretch, when the Bucks were trying to come back, were probably ill-advised early shot clock stuff. But Frank, as I was just saying, maybe my thoughts that Jordan Wara can do other things on the floor and we need to worry about the defense, worry about all these other things. Maybe he is just what he is. Maybe he's just the guy that's going to come off the bench, get up shots quickly, see if you can score you some efficient points in a hurry. Maybe that's his role in the NBA. Maybe there's nothing else to be achieved. He's still so young, but certainly in this team, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it for him. Yeah, I just, it's kind of weird. It seems like his he's most comfortable starting. We've seen that a number of times this year. Okay, Frank, first of all, can we just figure I get I got some Girl Scout cookies to make myself feel better. Frank, I mean, this Um, is like this is this is it's like this is worse execution than the Bucks in the fourth quarter right now with this podcast. You you go into for toilet breaks mid thing, are you eating Oreos or that's that's because we got a coach that can't call a timeout or edit a video. Come on, don't blame me for that, you know. I got shit to do, Frank. I can't go 40 minutes, you know, podcasting every night without a break once a once a year. It's 4 p.m. on um, Friday night. You think I, I I got all the plans? I got all the plans. No, you don't. Um, <laughs> I think you already did your TV show today, didn't you? You already I did your TV show today. Yeah. I did. Yes. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's funny. It's just Jordan Ward just lives on this knife edge of like much needed scoring injection and like. Bucks Nation wanting to like put him through a plate glass window, you know? Because um, as you said, I mean, he scored officially two nights ago, right? Same two games ago, same thing. 17 points on 14 shots. And it was just like, how, how do we get this guy, like put this guy in a, you know, Badger bus to uh, to Oshkosh at stat, you know? Um, so that's just, that's just the Jordan War experience right now. And it's just, you know, I mean, it's tough. I mean, Obviously, look like the Sixers were missing James Harden, so I'm not going to act like the Bucks missing. I'm not even going to talk about Brook Lopez because he hasn't been here all season, but um, but you know, missing George Hill and Pat Connaughton and tonight Grayson Allen. I thought missing Grayson Allen was you know a big miss tonight. I when yeah. I saw Jordan Wara, I, I didn't I didn't read any of the pregame stuff, so I didn't know the starting five was when I put on the, the game on DVR. And when I saw Jordan Wara with his warm up off, I was like, oh boy. This this isn't a good sign, you know. Even just from a depth standpoint, not even just specifically Jordan yeah. Wara, but just as like, oh man, we got you know nobody coming off the bench tonight. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, th- there there's absolutely a, I think a, you know, reasonably useful NBA player somewhere in in Jordan Wara. We see it, you know, and it kind of fits and starts. But as you said tonight, just you know, some record scratch shots. A couple of them actually went in, went in, but um, a couple shots that again just ill-advised. I think one of them, there was I think I saw a video uh, that someone tweeted out with Giannis looking kind of pretty annoyed with with one of the shots that that he forced up. So um, unfortunately, that's just the Jordan War experience, and um, you know we just we're, unfortunately we're kind of getting used to it after you know a year and a half of doing this now. And now you're Kane, you're going to be really mad because now my my. Char- I need to get my charger out because my computer's almost out of batteries. So, what um, but it's just a mess right now. This is this is almost as bad as uh when you were like dialing in from 
um, you know, on a, walkie, <laughs> on a walkie-talkie the other day not, with, your, with your AirPods. Nothing was worse than that. So thank you for deflecting back to my uh, lowest point as a uh, podcaster on Lockdown Bucks. But uh, something else I noticed tonight, and it's not really a talking point, Giannis uh, chewing gum while he was playing today. Yeah, uh, I noticed that too. Was that like just in the second half? I, I noticed it in the second half, and I was like, Giannis doesn't really ever chew gum, does he? That was kind of random. If I, I mean, if I was in the post-game press conference, obviously that's going on right now as we're recording this, and the Bucks won. I mean, it's not a question you can probably get away with when they lose. But if they had a one, it's definitely the type of thing I would have asked. What's the deal with the gum? Why did you go with that today? Why, why are you doing that in the fourth quarter? Is this something you're going to stick with? It might not be because they lost this game. But something that he would stick with, there's no doubt about that, is Bilt Bar. Uh, he could have a Bilt Bar. Uh, mid-play. I'm not sure if I've seen anyone do that, but Frank's eating mid-podcast. So much, sure. much much better than a Girl Scout cookie. That's This is this is well, just, you know, comfort food right here. It's just sad sad on my part. No, that's that's without doubt. That's exactly what I was about to say. Built Bar proven to be better than Girl Scout cookies. There's no doubt about that. And if you haven't tried the Puffs, you've been missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting uh, bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. Uh, that sounds pretty good in itself. Covered in 100% chocolate and they're good for you they're low calorie high protein just replace all your candy bars your girl scout cookies replace them all with built bar just go to built.com scroll down uh, the charts the flavors find out all the information you need to make your next order just go to built.com use the promo code lock 15 and get 15 percent off your order use promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at built.com Uh, just talking about the choice that you have at built.com with all the different built bar flavors. Uh, one thing that came across uh, my mind while watching this game is Mike Budenholzer also has some choices with lineups. Now, not so much with the little guys. Uh, I texted out DM, and and again, we've been you know praising Lindell Wigginton. He's had some pretty good moments uh, in in recent games for the Bucks, playing in perhaps surprise minutes that we wouldn't have picked at the start of the season. He did nearly get spiked into oblivion by Paul Millsap tonight. But uh, other than that, I guess the state of the Bucks guard rotation is probably amplified when you see Wigginton's in the closing lineup uh, in this game uh, tonight. But in the big man division, Bud at least has some choices, like you do at Built.com if you want to try Built Bar. You mentioned the, the big lineups. Now, I think probably part of it is, again, the fact that you don't have a bunch of guys that you would like to play, and it's just like, well, let's just let's throw these guys out there. The lineup that we saw again tonight of Giannis, Serge Ibaka, and Bobby Portis. And by the way, I tweeted about this. I think that this is actually just a ploy for a potential matchup with the Cavs where they can go Brook Lopez, Giannis, and Serge Ibaka on the floor. Uh, maybe it's a counter to that. Uh, is this? Are we just going to erase this as soon as everyone comes back into lineup? Fingers crossed everyone comes back. Is that what you're assuming? Or you think that Bud actually has some designs in his head to run with these gigantic lineups? I mean, we've seen him play Giannis at the three every once in a while. Like, you know, I think was it year one or year two when when there was like some lineups where Ursan and Giannis were on the floor with Brooke or something like that. So I don't know. I mean, I, I would say that this is I'm kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt. This is mostly just a product of having a short bench, but yeah, kind of a strange look to to be thrown out there. Um, and kind of, it's, it's kind of weird being able to like see the bucks play two legit big guys all the time, all the time. Um, and you know, again, I, I think you look at Bobby 28 surge, 24 minutes tonight. So 52 minutes and then 39 from Giannis. I mean, they were not, you know, 
they were not kind of short shifting Giannis here tonight. This was, um, you know, Bud, he, they obviously wanted to win this game and it just didn't work out. But yeah, I mean, again, I think work to be done there. Um, Surge, five points, two out of eight, one of five from three. And did he have like three like open threes that he like pump faked and then put it on the floor? But it's like, what are you doing when you're putting on the floor, Surge? Like you're, you're not like the kind of guy who's like driving to the basket and like, you know, finishing around the rim or something like that. So I was kind of just like, you know, Surge, like, just shoot the three. Like I, I'm not, I'm not really here for these, these pump fakes and, and, and go type moves. There was a couple that in previous games where I thought, why isn't he shooting more threes? Or why isn't he getting to the three point line more? And he did do it a little bit more tonight. But as you said, there was one in particular where I thought the lane opened right up and I thought he was about to throw down a jam and then Joel Embiid just poked it away and it ended up being a turnover, which was a sad turn of events. If you're a Bucks fan, uh, one of the other notable things from tonight's game was Giannis, uh, picking up the cork man. Uh, Tony Brothers wanted to call a foul on Giannis, but they ended up reviewing it and it became a jump ball. But the slow mo replay of Giannis uh, literally just picking up another NBA athlete was pretty spectacular. So that was uh, a notable moment. Is there anything else from this game, Frank, that you want to get off your chest? No, I I mean, unfortunately, we'll have the, the bad taste of, uh, you know, a loss that, that shouldn't have been or that, you know, you really... Would not, wouldn't you? Really don't want to lose a game like this to a team that you're battling um, for, for you know, a, a spot in the standings. James Harden isn't playing yet, so again, this isn't even the full version of the Sixers. Obviously, Bucks missing their own pieces. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think just a, a bad way to go into the break for the Bucks, and um, you know, unfortunately, just not. You know, again, I don't, I don't like to say like, oh, like the Bucks didn't want it or the Bucks like weren't trying. I mean, that, that's not really it. It's just there's just something about this game. It just didn't really feel like the Bucks. Um, you know, played with the level of engagement that we've seen them at various points. And, um, you know, again, I think a lot of it's just when when they're not hitting three-pointers tonight, 31%, 14 out of 44. I mean, they've had, you know, worse three-point shooting games. Sixers are 12 out of 34, 35%. Um, so, I mean, it, it didn't lose them the game, but it just feels like when the three-point shot isn't falling, like just feels like their overall energy just sometimes like isn't isn't quite there. So, um, so yeah, I mean, just uh, I think... Uh, Again, not, just not the way you want to go into the All-Star break. And, um, you know, credit to, to Joel Embiid and the Sixers, though. I mean, they, they they knew what was at stake, and they came in, and they just took one from the Bucks. You know, they, they bounced back about as well as you could hope after, obviously, just getting their asses kicked in on, on Tuesday by the Celtics at home. And um, maybe for the Bucks, it would have been better off if the Sixers had not lost that game because it seemed like they obviously felt like they had something to prove tonight. 22 games left in the regular season. The Bucks are currently 36 and 24. So not that it ultimately really matters. It's the seeding that actually matters. But to get to 50 wins, they're going to have to go 14 and 8, which, you know, I mean, it's not out of the realms. They of have a really point. difficult schedule, by the way. Like, people yeah. should look at their schedule post-All-Star break. Like, yeah, they're, they're you know, if, if people are expecting them to have, like, a big, you know, run in them post-All-Star break, like, take a look at this the, the schedule they've got. Again, Brooklyn at home after the break. Okay, that's probably a game obviously you should win since KD's not going to be back. But you know, Brooklyn, Charlotte, Miami at home. So those are home, but those are tough. At Chicago, home Phoenix, at Oklahoma City, home Hawks, and then at Warriors, at Jazz, at Kings, Wolves, then Bulls. So I mean, yeah, I mean the Bucks uh, could could lose further ground in the in the playoff seating um, post post All Star break if if they really don't start to get their act together. All right, Frank, 
Check out your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling on the Locked On Bets podcast. If you're interested after the Locked On Bucks, go check out the Locked On Bets podcast. Uh, one final note on this game, another funny note. There's not much else to talk about uh, that's on the positive note, so I've just picked out the funny things that I saw from this game. James Harden wearing a, be- a mask on his beard all night long, stood up from the bench to talk to Tyrese Maxey after he made a made layup and took his mask off his beard to start talking, which, uh, you know, obviously, um, James, please, get it together. I also like the fact that uh, Philadelphia, both James Harden looks very happy right now, and the Brooklyn Nets, I was watching their game earlier, and the commentators, the announcers, were really talking about how much the whole locker room is together and they love each other now. Yes, uh, we'll see. We'll see with that matchup with the Bucks and the Nets after the All-Star break. Perhaps the big Aussie will be in the lineup for Brooklyn. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Anyway, you're talking about did did Jock Landell also land in, in in Brooklyn? That's who I think of when I think of Big Aussie. I love Jock Landell, Bucks summer league legend, of course, and all around good bloke. But no Ben Simmons. Uh, we'll see whether he's out there on the floor. I'm not sure. Is that the first game the Bucks have after the All Star break? Yep. Yeah, I'm not sure Ben Simmons wants to open up his Brooklyn account defending Giannis. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see I what mean, happens there. It'll be like a rebirth. So, you know, the baby baby being reborn, you know, his first game for his new team after the All-Star break, it, it would kind of make sense. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll be back early next week anyway. We'll be able to wrap up the All-Star game. Uh, look, Giannis is playing in the All-Star game, and we know he generally takes these things relatively serious. So maybe he can be in the running for the MVP again. But we'll wrap it all up for you to start next week, and then we'll head into the back end of the regular season on the road to the playoffs. But we'll leave it there. Frank and myself, catch you guys next week.